Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Okay. King sweat, shout and the flow still is. Hosanna to the highest, keep his praise off. 
ears and you know what that music means. It is time for the Scoop Radio Show, and we are glad you are here with us on this evening. Got to get a little business out of the way before we get into it. Um, If this is your first time joining us, we are an interactive show here at the Scoop Radio Show. We want you to join in, comment, share, like. All three of us are currently on live, so if you happen to follow us on our personal pages, go ahead and tune in and hit that share button. If you follow the Scoop Radio Show, you're hanging out with me, um, go ahead and please hit that share button as well. Um, We want the world to know about this greatness that we've got going on. Um, I said that we'd love for you to call in. You can do that. Dialing the number one to let us know you'd like to comment live on air. After you've done that, listen for the last four digits of your phone number, and that lets you know we're talking to you. Um, We've got a really great show planned this evening. We've got one of our favorites, one of our first fans, family, and favorite guests here on tonight, Andre Dowdy. We've got some great news. And Hot Topic has a really great topic tonight. So I am super excited. Um, So I'm going to say what's up, what's up to the rest of the crew because we're a team here at the Scoop. Uh, Wynn, I I heard you already excited, so I'm going to scoop to you first. (laughs) I am good. I'm good. Ready for this good show tonight. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about, so I'm excited. Yes, for sure, for sure. Chris, how you doing this evening, Kel? I'm doing great. I'm looking at my line and I'm like, my double chin. Keep working out, ain't it? Okay. Yeah. Celebrate this well, week. At least another week in the deal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And not mad at it, girl. Not even a little bit. Oh. <laughs> Tyler um, and um, Lee Daniels to 
suck her if she had mm-hmm. one, her, her male genitalia mm-hmm. if she had one. Um, at which point, of course, y'all the culture um, definitely wasn't fooling with her because you know we don't we don't play around our Oprah. But um, <laughs> right, she was on the show to talk about this, and they had a debate. They had a they had a you know a conversation that we would typically have by ourself, let's just say, a family mm-hmm. conversation. Okay. And so there was a lot of things that were happening. Uh, tonight, what I want to talk about about that conversation, first of all, I want to start with what are your thoughts about the conversation? It's particularly, is that, do you think that that was a conversation that should have been had in public? Was that one that should have been in private? And two, Steve Harvey is catching all types of um, hell. <laughs> he's Uncle Tom. He's you know, he's a sellout. He has no integrity. He's all of this. So I want to find out, not only from you all, but from our listeners, too, what your thoughts were about the Steve Harvey, what's your thoughts about the Steve Harvey and Monique discussion. Again, let me get a number real quick before I throw it to Kells. 929-477-2304 is our number. Press the number one or put your comment on the Facebook Live if that's what you're watching. 929 477 Two three zero four. Press the number one so we can hear your comment. Kels, what are your thoughts? Um, uh, the first question: Do I think it should have been private? I think with their relationship and how they seem to be so close and good friends, at some point, that you would think it would have been a private conversation. But I appreciate them having a conversation in public because it just makes it seem more genuine, their arguments and more real. Um, <clears throat> I'm a big, see, I'm a, I'm a Monique fan, or I was a big Monique fan at one point in time. I'm a Steve Harvey fan, and I feel sorry for, for I feel sorry for him right now. He is getting a lot of slack, but I did understand where he was coming from. I understand both sides, and I I guess coming from a a background and childhood where there were certain things that you wanted to do or had a certain uh, rapport you had to have about yourself in certain situations. So I can I can see where he's coming from. So I don't I don't have a problem with what he said. Do you think that he was selling out for for what he said? Do you think that he was a sound? Do you think he was he was saying something bad? No, I I can see how people would take it as now, but I think especially if you're if you're talking to a friend and you're trying to be as candid as possible, and I think they kind of you know fell into a candid conversation. I don't think what he said was a sellout. Mm-hmm. There are certain ways and certain you know. Um, boundaries you need to keep a certain way you need to go about things. And she knew what she especially the comment, uh, just going back to, to what she said, you know, on stage and things like that. It was, it's to have that argument and then to couple it with, you know, you got to act a certain way, get your coins and stuff. I just, I don't see a problem with it. I mm-hmm. think there's certain things we have to do in the public eye. Just part of being PC. Okay. I, I don't have a problem. Okay. I don't. <clears throat> Q. I, I am in alignment with Kel. Um, I also 
could see both sides if I felt integrity is really where Monique is in that situation. Um, so for the intent and purpose of a buzzword, she's done exactly what I think she set out to do by dropping integrity into the conversation. Um, so that I think is a lot of the reason why she's getting the platform because the public heard that word. And if you have some understanding of what it is, you're like, yeah, exactly. She's standing on her integrity. Exactly. It was the man coming for and you know, so you get all excited about hearing that word and think, yeah, he's obviously on the opposite of that because his comments were saying you went about that the wrong way. If you would have listened to what he said, I think you would have got to the root of it. He was not in disagreement with her frustration, with her wanting to do something. He even stated, we just didn't know what it is you wanted us to do. What were the action steps to that? You were emotional in your request of us. So what did you want us to do? And then from there, she then he then goes on to say, now sis, you know that there's a way that we have to move and shake amongst these people to even be able to play in this game. And mm-hmm. my question is for the people who say he's selling out, at what point do we have to when does positioning come into play? Because we can't say that we gotta change the game and we can't keep living in these politically correct spaces and we don't ever get put into those spaces. Being the loudest one in the room, offending everyone who's already at the table, all of the people who are whether you agree with how they got there, what they do and while they are there, they are there. And you are not throwing folks from a dinner table that you're not even invited to the Steve was trying to explain to her that there is a time and a place for everything, and she was out of line. And in general, no, I don't disagree with what he said. Um, I was actually shocked that that conversation even happened on television. Um, it was good to see because you know, folks like us who have a circle like this, um, we have these kinds of conversations amongst ourselves all the time. We know they happen, but sure. to see that live was um, interesting, and I think it's appreciated, but I do hate that Steve is getting the flight he's gotten. Okay. Um, uh, Al on my live says, what is the price of your integrity? So, Kels, I know you got some comments. Um, yeah, one one comment uh, from Mr. Dane says, it's the Malcolm Martin perspective. We all want to reach the yeah. same objectives, but may not agree with how we should how we should get there to each mm-hmm. of us. So, so let me but, let me throw this. Go ahead, Kels. I'll ask after you. Yeah, well, what I was I wanted to say, and I make because I kind of skipped around. I haven't watched the full interview yet, but mm-hmm. when Monique was talking about integrity. I was just I kept questioning my mind what exactly does what exactly is she saying she when she was upholding her integrity like mm-hmm. on what part? Mhm. Good question. You know uh, what? Exactly. What you, I mean, to stick to what you're saying. I mean, because that technically that's really not integrity. So what mm-hmm. part of her situation was she talking about that she was? You know that she was compromising. I thought um okay, we got a caller. I'm gonna let I'm gonna you're gonna take the call and then I'm gonna uh, and I and then I'll ask a question. Uh call is six nine eight three. You are on the air. What's your comment or question? Hey, this is Alfred Dio calling from uh Washington. Um 
So the com- the way this uh, it was a conversation that could have been had in public, but the way the conversation went, uh, yeah, that's that's something you don't say in public, especially in front of white people because they got all the money. So basically, what 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 Steve Harvey conveyed is that you get the bag at any cost, right? But the problem with getting the bag at any cost is at some point, because you get the bag, you will be compromised, right? Like, um, let's see, let's see, uh, like the uh, news and media platform, Blavity, right? So mm-hmm. Blavity, right, is supposed to be a black media outlet, right? But, like, they can't really do too much because, like, they're, one of their core sponsors is Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo mm-hmm. been dirty in the past, right? And we know this, right? So how much mm-hmm. can you really say, right? And that mm-hmm. comes, and that's that's for uh, us, for Steve Harvey. Like, yeah, you've been on talk shows, you 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 said, right? But mm-hmm. like, okay, and, and you got all these programs, but how much can you actually say outwardly, right? Yeah. I, or before before somebody says, I don't like the way you said that, get them off the air, right? Yeah. And how will you continue to fund your programs? Um, so that's that's where, like, the conversation went left, right? And so when we started talking about uh, Monique, uh, like, where was the integrity part? It was just like, she's, she's decorating, right? So, like, if I say I want a little bit more, right, then it shouldn't be appalling, right? So did you did you read the back and forth on the emails? Yes, I did. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the back and forth on the emails was just like I'm appalled that you would even ask for any more money. It was just like, what do you mm-hmm. mean? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, oh, I'm, I have the 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 I have the resume, I have the caliber. So if I ask for a little bit more, then it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we thought this was gonna happen, so let's go ahead. We might not give her what she wants, but let's let's meet somewhere in the middle. But no, Netflix was like, I can't believe you would even come to ask this question, right? So that's where the integrity comes in. That's where the integrity comes in. What will I settle for? And Monique, like, she didn't have to settle for it. <laughs> that's what she did. Okay. Sure. So so that's that's the whole thing. So like the with Steve Harvey, that conversation could have been had in public. But but yeah, so the, the the question for Steve Harvey is like what it, well, another one of the things you gotta think about is Steve Harvey is from a different generation, right? His mindset is like I gotta provide. So the thing about uh uh if I if I fall, my my kids fall, my grandkids fall, it's just mm-hmm. like yeah, okay. That means it's all on you, but you're supposed to have that network so that you fall, right? That it's that everything else won't crumble beneath you. And and it's because that he probably doesn't have that network that, all right, yeah, I got to do anything I can to make sure this bag keeps coming in. And problem, the, the problems that I uh, said before. But, yeah, that's all. That's my all right, man. Uh, y'all, y'all keep doing what y'all doing. All right. All right, man. Thanks. <laughs> keep, thanks for the support. That's a good point. I think one of the things that, I, um, that he said that I, I found – I would probably say the biggest part of the entire thing I took from that was Steve Harvey has a net worth estimated of $160 million. And and I would say culturally and black culture, 
is from a wealth perspective is one of the wealthiest wealthier people we have and from a notoriety he's one of the more popular as well and mm-hmm. for him to still have the mindset that he can't save what he wants whenever he wants like man like this is the reality of where we are and it reminded me of that Chris Rock stand up especially when he talked about how uh, the neighborhood he lives in, like him, Jay-Z, Mary J. Blige, and then the white dude is the dentist. You know, he was like, he's like, you know, you got three people who are at the very top of their game that are living in the same with the dentist, you know? And so it, I think it, that's what that kind of reminded me of once again. I don't think that, I think that the, here's the other thing is I think that the perspective of someone not just generationally, but the perspective of someone who's been in the rooms where they're talking $160 million deals versus the person who is making a million dollars, there's a different perspective. And mm-hmm. so I wonder, I wonder if he was speaking from, from that, that kind of perspective. I also think he misspoke. I don't think he meant to say the word integrity in some of the places that he said. I think what mm-hmm. he was trying to say is is pretty much you got to be wise in how you address this because what you yep. have done, not so much in that you are wrong for speaking out, but what yep. you were done, what you were wrong in doing was you were wrong for cutting yourself off from the power base of the black community. Again, yes. in our community is Jesus. Yep. <laughs> It's Jesus and Oprah. Let's just be clear. It's and she Jesus done that before Netflix. She Oprah did that before Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. It's, it's mm-hmm. Oprah, and then right under Oprah is like Beyonce. You know what I mean? So you can't. <laughs> <laughs> and Beyonce is getting up there with Oprah. So you, I think his point, what he was trying to say was not even so much that you were mad that you didn't get the Netflix deal. But you, the way you handled the community that you wanted to support you mm-hmm. was was wrong. Yes, $300,000 is horrible. Yes, they blackballed you and the way they treated you wrong. But when you got on stage and said, Oprah, Tyler, Lee Daniels can suck you, whatever, that's when it was. Now, and, and again, you know, to Al's point, there is a level. I, I don't. There is a level of. We let's be clear. I'm gonna say it. There <clears> is <throat> a level of compromise that you are going to make yeah. in this system if you want to get into certain places. Now you have to decide as an individual what what compromise is too much for you. Mm-hmm. And you that's just compromise even before that level. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, at every level, at every level, there is compromise. Yeah, but every level. Yeah, kill me because there are certain rules that you have to follow, even for like she was saying in your day to day life. You have to, you know, you have to talk, speak a certain way at work. You're not speaking the same way that you would speak to your home girl. You know that you would do to a customer at your job. Even if you're a exactly. business owner, and you make your own money. You still not going to, you know, talk to your customers the same way you would talk to an old friend. So. Mm-hmm. We have to get out of this mentality that 
there aren't rules to play by if you want to go far. Right. <laughs> we have because we're in this. I think social media has kind of tried, and I and I hate to say that we keep blaming everything on social media, but we can't neglect it with how much time we spend on it. We get into a space mm-hmm. where we're so free to say what we feel. And we're welcome to say what we feel. We really think that that gets to translate into real life, into every situation. We can't say that and then it, and want other people to do that for their lives, but then snap smooth off if you misinterpret how someone just says a random thing to you. We go left, block, go in on people and like read people based on a total misunderstanding just in day-to-day life. But then we want these people who have millions whole careers, their whole public livelihoods on the line to make us feel better because they said something to the white man that we wish we could say. Like, that's kind of how that <clears throat> that translates to people who are, who, who are looking at this from a different perspective that isn't so emotional and, and, and you know, amped up and charged up. Like, you, you know there's a way that you have to go about doing things. And I think Steve got put into the position he got put into because he was trying to say that without saying, are you for real right now? Sis, you know this is how we're going to do it. You know, he couldn't say that on the TV. So he's trying to make it understandable and digestible, which is another thing that we shouldn't have to do, but we do. And you end up in that situation when you have a private conversation in a public space. Now you're talking in circles trying to make folks who don't get it have to get it. But, you know, I got in the in the root of that, like, now you know damn well. You couldn't go on TV and act like you acted and do what you do and say what you say, and then the folks just supposed to rally behind you without any questions, without any show. You know, you got to do something right. for that kind of support, you know, because then you asking them to put their businesses on the line. For what? Because you disappeared for us. You know, Monique don't yeah. say nothing until Monique is, a, is affected. But now she's yeah. now everybody else supposed to rally behind her because she didn't get the de- like. Come on, yeah. man. Like we yeah. have to take those my, celebrity out of these situations. I think the other part of that is is that I look at it. So I look at it from the also from the perspective. Now this is where I actually there are parts this where I actually really agree. Now I actually agreed that Monique. Um, I don't have a problem. I don't really have a problem with her disagreeing. No, let me say this. I don't have a problem with her saying in previous movies, I, you know, Lee Daniels did this. I don't have a problem with her disagreeing with Tyler Perry, Lee Daniels, and you know, I don't have a problem with that at all. I think mm-hmm. for me, the concern, the problem, and I don't even, I, eh, I do have a problem with saying suck my thing, but that's <laughs> that's her, that's the choice of words that I just personally no, wouldn't thanks. use. I just yeah, I just, yeah. That's just that's me. But I, I think it's more so the fact that again, that that we're saying we want we want freedom, but in order for us to have freedom, you gotta have control and authority and power. And yeah. and so for me, again, the the conversation or the thought switched to why is it that or how do we get in positions where this does not happen. How is it? Why is it? How do we get in positions where you're no longer subject to um, to another studio? You know, in this instance, she didn't have to take this deal, which is totally correct. She didn't have to take this deal at all. But your solution is what's your other way? What's your other way to put 
um, to put us, to put your people, to put yourself in a position where we can say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We, gonna, we, we don't like the fact that Netflix is, is giving you 300000 So we're going to put our resources together and we're going to start our own production company. We're going to start our own. Net- you know what I mean? That's the kind of, of things that, that what this remind again, brings me right to. Like, we don't have, yeah, yeah, and until we do that, yeah. we're going to keep having, we're going to keep walking around this mountain. Right, so, and just to, to uh, expound on what you just said, to me, I I think about that, too, like, if you Billy Bad, a <laughs> you talking about his noise, like, what did you do, you know, what did you do to combat it? Instead of yep. saying, let's boycott them. Give you us something mad. else to watch. I'm not going to boycott them because you not getting the money you want to get. That's not mm-hmm. enough for me. It's just not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably the most the common person is not going to be enough for them. Now, if they would have wrote you back a letter and had a little noose hanging at the end, you know, and a noose emoji or something, fighting for you to get more money, is, I mean, that's just not that's not a civil rights movement to me unless you, if it was uh, something that several other, you know, African-American uh, female comedians were rallying, you know, that it had, it had to be something more than just her getting more money. And she never and conveyed it all yeah. the way to us. Mm-hmm. She just didn't. Yeah. Interesting. I think, I, I think that to me, that conversation was like, and I know we got to go, is the ultimate Malcolm versus Martin discussion. Yeah. And and the reality mm-hmm. is, for me, I don't think either are wrong. I just think both come with consequences. And yeah. like I said, you got to decide which one, which which you which what are you willing to to take? What what are you willing to compromise? Because whether you on Steve's end, you compromise not saying something. That you want to say, or on on, on Mo's end, you compromising that bag because she gonna have to tell she if she wants if she wants to continue, um, she gonna have to take the for at least for a little while she's gonna have to rebuild uh in a on a long road it's gonna be a long road to rebuild because both of them because now again you go because even in that whole thing like I literally said I really think. Had she had just apologized right then, it would have been over. But she probably sees that as, why would I apologize? You know, it's my integrity, so I'm not gonna do it. So, yep. again, there's there's a there's a, a consequence to whatever we do, and we gotta be willing to to face it, to pay it, to be okay with it, um, and understand that, like I said, this this system, the way it's set up, uh, the only way, I my opinion, that we ever uh, are going to um, truly get to freedom when when we have control, and even in the end, we only can control what you what you own. My thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that was good. Um, we can continue that for another forty five minutes, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> before I end, the poll that I did on my page, I did a, a, a poll on my Facebook page, and overwhelmingly, like ninety percent of the vote said that. Um, Steve Harvey told her the truth and that she was tripping. So, um, yeah. 
All right, so this section, this section was brought to you, brought to you, excuse me, by uh, Level Up Conference. The Level Up Conference is the Global Drive Network Conference for 2019. Uh, we'd like for you to join us in Chicago, August 9th, 10th, and 11th, where we are going to show you how to level up in the areas of faith, family, and finance. To get more information and to register, you can go to our uh, website, which is www.levelupchicago.com, and get registered. We do still have payment arrangement options available to you, uh, but you want to register before those, uh, before that period time period is in. All right, our first song of the night is My Evolution of Hip Hop by Young Blaze, and then after this, we are going to get into our hot topic with Kels again. Uh, my Evolution of Hip Hop is up, and then after that, we're going to get into the hot topic with Kels you're listening to, Scoop Radio Show. Your ass is hot. 
like a stove. Yes, I get my white tea. I'm fresh up in my white tea. But now I have to change it because now it's kind of dingy. Red monkey jeans is all I got in my dresser, man. Man, I'm kind of fly like a bird on an airplane. We can snap our fingers. It don't matter everywhere I go. Haters getting mad because I be on the radio. Man, I'm leaning, rocking when I rock. It will never stop. I just make this dance call. Can you crank that pork chop? Now dance, dance, and slide, slide. Dance, dance, and slide. Now, now crack your back. Now dislocate your spine. Then amputate your arm. And then you just rewind. And here we go. conversations on you know some deeper things and deeper levels uh so hot topic is no different the question um that was posed actually is one of the telecruise tuesday questions and it is how do you explain racism and prejudice to young children uh, would you wait for them to be hurt by it, or would you prepare them for it? Hmm. So, would you wait for them to be hurt by racism or prejudice, or would you prepare them for it? Um, and since both of my co-hosts have children, I know this is something that you may 
you know, have already had to deal with, or at least know it's a conversation you're going to have to have. And so I am going to go with a little Q first. Um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Because the child who's out here stuck 
and has no understanding that everyone's not your friend, everyone's not the best, you got your best interest in heart, that's setting your child up for success. As warm and fuzzy as I am, I recognize that I, you know, people who think like me are rare right now. You have to prepare those who in my opinion. So yeah, we have those I'm not the wait for it type of parent. I'm real proactive on those types of things. Okay. What about you when your child is very young? Yeah, Trent's six. Yeah, he's six. Um, Have I had to have the conversation with him? I've had to be introduced the 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 realities of of who he is, um, of of him that he's black. To be, uh, to, yeah, I've had to introduce that, especially these last two years, because whereas before, you know, he was in um, a predominantly black setting. Now, um, it's been mixed, more of mixed, um, mixed. Even now, it's predominantly white, actually. So mm-hmm. my conversations with him have always been. And you all know, I, I have a uh, we have a thing that we do. Um, you're a leader, not a follower. A lender, not a borrower. Above, never beneath. Head, not to tell you the righteousness of God, and you're a Burns. Um, mm-hmm. So that is my subconscious way. And now he knows it by memory. Um, so when I, you know, so like when I drop him off at home, I'm like Trey, what are you? And he's like, I'm a leader, not a follower, Dad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but that's my way of first of all getting him to understand that no matter what situation or whomever you are around, you are expected to lead. You're expected to be um, to represent um, your family, your God, your you know, and yourself at the highest level. Now, I've had to introduce to him the fact that you're in scenarios like because he's a, a very straight, like the way he processes things is very black and white. So if you say, don't put your hands on anybody and somebody else then puts your hands on him, he's like, well, wait a minute, you told me I can't do it, but Billy can do it. So how come Billy can do it and not get in trouble? But when I do it, I got in trouble. And so mm-hmm. through scenarios like that, I've had to introduce to him that they are going the way people are going to see things is going to be different. Because not really. Because Billy's different, the way Billy's parents raised him is different, the way, you know, so I've had to introduce those things to him. You know, not that you're less than, not that you're, you know, that you're, um, you know, that you're better than them, but they're just different. The way they raise, they're raised is different. The way your mom and I expect from you are different. So I have to, I have to have those types of conversations. And then I have to have those types of conversations with with you know, with his teachers and with his, with you know, the people at his school, because you know, yeah, like I've had to tell them, like you don't treat like the way you teach my my black son is not right. Like that's not beneficial for him. That might work for Billy, but that doesn't right. work for him. We're not going to make my son feel like he's you know he's slow because of that because of he he does certain things different he is a leader he is expected to lead and this is how you need to and they're like oh okay yeah. so yeah yeah. Okay, I have a, yeah yeah i have a uh, i have a lot of comments i want to get to um Faith, and she uh, commented on this post earlier and she was saying that um 
she would let the child know that some people, you know, don't treat people the same, and that you aren't going to be in control of your actions. But if you feel like someone is treating you unfair, let me or another adult know. And I think, if I remember correctly from the post, her premise was that, um, you know, not to, you don't have to expose the child to, you know, the, that hurtful part of society, um, you know, depending on their age, try to keep them from that as much as possible, but just to let them know that it happens on the door or, you know, tell me um, from the post, let's see, um, Ricky Miller, who's also in, in School Nation, says it depends. On one hand, I want to talk about racism, racism to my kid at such a young age because kids form a thought process based on what they are told, taught. If they are told that white people discriminate all black people, then they will form a prejudice against any white person. Sad thing is that is why many think the way that they think as adults. Some are brought up around racist people. Others were brought up around insecure family members who consider anyone of another race to be different, prejudiced, discriminatory, or racist. Due to that, kids grow up looking and questioning others as racist. Racism isn't a birth-given characteristic. It's a top characteristic. And you said uh, some other things. I thought that was a good point to bring up that, you know, if you are going to teach them at a young age, you can't, you can't teach them in the fashion to make them form their own prejudices and right. you know, discriminatory actions. Like, you have to be careful. Um, my That's opinion... Not... Oh, go ahead. No, I'll wait until you finish, but I have something to... Basically, he, what he said right there is, is true. There is a way that you can go about it. That's actually a a debate that James and I had, James, my husband, for those of y'all don't know, mm-hmm. because we see this conversation differently. Um, every James is always talking about white folks this and white folks do this, and he's very general <laughs> in his conversations <laughs> and how he addresses um, race relations. And as they were growing up, he and I did have to have that conversation. We can't white folks this, white folks that, everything. Like, you've got to give some more context to that. Before you say this to our kids, especially when they've got white friends, and that's you know like their best friends at that time, you know, so you can't just right. that put at odds, and you're not they don't trust you with certain things because they feel you've got a preconceived way of seeing kids. So you have to. That's very true. They do develop those thoughts early on, and the way you position it is very important. You have to say some people, the experience has shown. This is how society, you know, you have to give it to them. You mm-hmm. age appropriate, but you can't be as general and broad as society has been with us. You have to teach them the details and how to drill down into that. And I think kids can get that. They know good from bad and nice from sad. You know, they know those differences. We just have to take the time to be specific with them and answer those questions because it's tough. But, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. To make. Now, I think what I on my for my um stance on it and just from you know helping to teach my nieces and nephews what <clears throat> I think a way my family it historically has taught them is basically with my with my dad being such a history buff, we always take it from a history a historical yeah. Yeah. so you you know you introduce it that way that this is what has happened in the past. So that 
maybe when they start asking questions or wanting to know, you know, why it happened or is this the same thing because this happened to me at school or something like that, then it won't, you won't have to generalize um, so much or fall into that trap of all white people do this or all black people do this. Uh, before I finish, I wanted to get to this one comment because it was something different um, on the post. It says, uh, my kids may have to be hurt by it in the future first. I say that because my children get bullied and, and picked on by the black kids at their school versus no. the Hispanic and That's white um, because they treat them fair. Versus the Hispanic and white who treat them fair. And, you know, uh, shout out to Shaw, one of my bright brothers, for that comment because that, that, that made me think, like, oh, you know, I really had to think about that, like, yeah, some of that happened. So, you know, you have to be you have to be careful in in the way that you bring it up, but we know that as in our culture, we have to be aware because of the way the world is. You know, mm-hmm. you have to, you can't be blindsided. Um I had one example and I, I may have told you guys a story before. But one of my nieces, uh, Ajayla, who just had a birthday Sunday, shout out to Ajayla, who's eight. Uh, I remember when she was very young, she might have been no more than three. I was starting to talk, two or three. And her mom, you know, made, had an issue with, um, you know, my nephew and our family because she thought or she assumed that we were teaching the jailer to say she's black, which mm-hmm. I've said before, eighty percent of my you know nieces and nephews' children are mixed. Mm-hmm. So that's not something we don't we don't say say I'm black. We just teach them history and mm-hmm. you know let them develop uh, their own personalities about that. But what it boiled down to is what it came from was the kids at the daycare. She finally she said that she named some little girl at daycare that told her, "Hey, you're black because your dad is black." And so that's so that's what she started saying. She was like, "I'm black because my dad is black," but she was proud of it. I'm glad she took it the right way, you know. She was proud to say that I'm black like my dad, but um, her mom and, and their family thought that we were teaching her to say that, and we wasn't. So you know. These instances are happening younger and younger. I just couldn't believe it. I was very shocked that, you know, some daycare kids were talking about race. So that's what makes me pose the question. How soon yeah. do you talk about it? So I think one of the things that, that I try I try not to do is to interject my experience mm-hmm. and make it my child's experience. Um, so in that regard, I think I try to give him, I try to start with the, you know, obviously, like I said earlier, that this is who you are and this is how you respond to, to people, to humanity, um, that Hispanic people, Asian people, you know, white people, a lot of them raise the, even some black people raise their children differently or have their houses differently, you know, their households mm-hmm. set up differently. Um, but but I try not to give him my experience, you know, that you're going to, you know, because there are certain things I see in him already 
that is even at six, that's like, oh God, he's vulnerable to mm-hmm. this same that I went through. And so I so I want to protect him from it, but at the same time, I know he hasn't gotten to the point yet where that's something that he really needs to understand. Um, or that mm-hmm. he not so much understand, but that's something that he needs to that he's gonna experience right then. So I try to like prepare him. I don't, but I try not to shield him because to the point where he doesn't experience life. But you know, it's 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 really a difficult thing because, like you said, certain <clears> things <throat> that happen earlier and earlier. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 complex. It's very complex. Yeah, because they're and they're still yeah. innocent. Like for the most part, even yeah. like you with 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 your son. When he stopped thinking, the reason I started laughing was because I'm like, oh, God, I remember that. Like, I remember (laughs) having that conversation and Mm -hmm. my mother wondering, again, we grew up in a, you know, for several years, I was, we were the only black family in our neighborhood, but my mother wondering, when are you going to date a black girl? And I'm like, well, mom, ain't no black girls at the school for me to date. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, but understanding yeah. you know so that conversation was was definitely had in my house too so um yeah. it's, it's it's difficult mm-hmm. we got to prepare them but at the same time we don't want to we don't want to perpetuate fear um and we don't we you want know, them to yeah. love everybody but at the same time I don't want you to go out there thinking that everybody going to love you the way that you're supposed to love them yeah right i've tried to give my girls my, I and I know we got to wrap. We're coming up on time, but you, this is this part right here is real good because we can't project our experiences onto the kid, onto our kids, like you said. So in my in my plight, doing this for my daughters especially, is I'm trying to teach them, give them tools, and show them how to practice tools that allow them to be more self-aware and advocate for themselves better in all situations. Not just tense ones, not just confrontations, not just those that give them, you know, anxiety. I I put them in positions. I empower them to put themselves into positions that get them out of their normal warm and fuzzy places so that they learn how to recognize when something don't feel right, when someone said something. We have open conversations when we talk about what did you talk about with XYZ person? How did that conversation go? How could you have done something differently? How would you say that different? You know, we say, we we role play, so to speak, different situations based on what they're already experiencing so that I can help build that up in them so when they are faced with that hardcore situation, it doesn't dumbfound them so that they're a victim in that situation or it traumatizes them, that they have a bounce back about them. Because that is important, you know, to not project. Well, you know, one time, homegirl told me that, and I didn't want a female friend for 10 years after that. Like, those types of things you can't give your girls or your sons based on your experiences because it does shape them. They don't want, they take your experience as law. It's usually all they know, especially if they're sharing something like that. So you do have to be important. It is important how you address that. That was a really good point, Wynn. And I, that's something I'm doing with my own children having to reposition that that lesson, you know, instead of making it all about what we went through. Yeah. 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 Um, I think this is something that, you know, every every parent has 
through or anybody that's a mentor or raising children. And mm-hmm. I, I I like the different aspects of how to incorporate that. We should have to, but we know it's a necessary evil. So that yeah. is our hot topic for tonight. Uh, it is always brought to you by Curvy Kitten Clothing, where self-reflection is perfection. And please remember that Curvy Kitten is more than a clothing line. It's a movement, a movement to realize that loving all of our curves, no matter what size, is a foundation for loving each other. You can get your Curvy Kitten at www.curvykittenswithans.com. And as a coupon code, take a new for an additional 10% off. And with that, I am going to get into our, introduce our next song, uh, which is one of our faves. So, y'all, mm-hmm. y'all, we're going to group on the break. This is Brad by Detroit Kill B. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about. Um, with Andre Dowdy, one one of our one of our good good friends to the show, so stay tuned. up 
Nike, Chris Brown. Chris Brown. I'm all up in your city with that Chris Brown. Hey. Ha. I love it. Love that song. And it wasn't gospel. No shame for no problem with gospel, but yes. And with some hotness. Right. I'm with it. All right, so we are now up on the time where it is time to get into our main topic for tonight, and I'm very, very excited about, um, I'm excited to have this conversation with this, with this particular individual because I already know what's coming, like, I'm geek. So I'm going to get the uh, basic bio out of the way so you all can get just a brief glimpse into the awesome that the three of us already know and love. Um, so yeah, for those of you who do not know, let me give you a little background on our brother Andre Gowdy. Um, Andre Gowdy knows how to give the audience a great time. He takes the complicated and makes it simple to understand as he pulls from his experiences and education to take his audience on an emotional and humorous journey. His engaging yet practical style has earned him invitations as speakers in various arenas. Andre's most important goal is to allow the listener to see things from a different perspective. He does this by helping to achieve personal and professional goals in practical ways that produce reflection, then change. His ability to connect with people from every walk of life allows him to deliver hilarious, yet thought-provoking presentations, workshops, and experiences on a wide variety of subjects. Hence the one that brought him here to us this evening. Um, so, Scoop Nation, for those of you who are first being introduced, welcome Andre Doughty. Hey, bro, how are you? Hey. How are you all doing today? Doing well. Good, doing well. good. Good, 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 good. My dude. All right. Right, right. <laughs> now we got the basics out of the way. Now I can go on and give my love intro. Oh. Y'all, <laughs> Andre is an educator. <laughs> He is a husband, a brother, a friend, a motivator. He is literally a personal cheerleader for each and every one of us. If you have an Andre in your life, you are winning. Okay, done. Hey, that makes you feel real good. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. So, tonight, we are chatting about the women's. <laughs> and the changes that we go through, um, especially in marriage. Um, I am a wife, have been married forever and a day. And when Andre, um, Andre is a very devoted husband, and when has been a very devoted husband. So I'm <laughs> they have had experiences with this. And Kels is a woman who, I'm a doctor. Who um, I'm sure, as she's matured in life, has also gone through changes um, without having the marriage title attached to it. Because women evolve, people evolve in general. So I think all of us have some understanding on this topic, and it's going to be a really, really great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to kind of just open it up because there's not really a Andre. What are your thoughts on this type of thing? Um, but I just kind of want to address. Because I know you and the Queen have been married for quite some time, I do want to kind of hear your, you know, kind of your overview on your initial thoughts on this. Because reading it, it can sound as though, you know, all the women are at it again. They're changing, you know, so we got to just deal with it. And that can be frustrating to know that there's yet another change that, um, we're, you know, men are just expected to go with. So what is your perspective on the changes in evolution of, of the women? Yeah, so before we even start this thing, 
I, as a man, am not mansplaining women's needs. Let's just throw that out there. Amen. That out to the family. That is not the purpose of this. This is just how do we as men adjust with our women when life happens. And that is a natural reaction. And to be honest with you, it's flipped as well. Um, how do women adjust to us as men? Because there are times that we flip and we evolve over time just like uh, beforehand. Uh, as far as my wife and I, it has been a learning lesson. Um, we we had strong models as far as who were some relationship goals types of things. We had people in our community, people in our church who we saw, and we were like, okay, yeah, we really like how they approach relationships. Then on top of that, our parents in itself. So now imagine seeing like 10 to 11 couples, and you're liking this from here and this from there, and the wife has 10 to 11 couples, and now we're all trying to bring that all together to make our relationship work. So you, as you can see, that that was that that was pretty difficult in the first year. Um, and then even as far as just the roles of relationships, um, many people still live by the traditional roles of relationships. Others have evolved in those roles, and we were trying to live up to everybody else's relationship goals and relationships roles versus just setting them out for ourselves. <clears throat> so um, you can imagine the 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 conversations and the 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 <laughs> fierce <laughs> fierce arguments sometimes. Uh, that's not the role. That's not the role. But that is the role. That's not the role. <laughs> and then we just had to finally just stop it and say, okay, what do we want our marriage to look like? What do we want our relationship to look like? And so that even evolved over time. Now, here's the funny thing. You know, um, year one, and I remember this down, we're now past 10 years, but I remember the first five years I had a specific goal in mind. Like there was this huge learning lesson every year and I made sure that I wrote it down and stayed focused on that one learning lesson throughout the year. And then the switch up happened. After the first kid, I was like, wait a minute, time out. You know, these things change. Yeah. Uh, what, 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 okay, we we got to recalibrate. Hold on a minute. You know, uh, it's no longer staying up on a Friday night watching TV and having quiet time with me because that was my thing. I was a very much a quiet time type of a person as far as my love language. Um, and then the kid comes, the first kid comes around, and instead of us watching DVDs or watching the movies, now we're changing diapers. So everything shifted. Mm-hmm. And I, as a husband, had to adjust to that and had to uh, understand that as well because Mama Bear took over versus just the relationship. And sometimes we as husbands don't appreciate that enough. Mama's job is to protect her babies. That's what she, she, she she's going to do that. And so here I am thinking, well, she's selfish. She's spending all the time with 
with with the baby, but no, that's that's Mama Bear. And so there were some conversations we had to talk about that of just what does uh, what does your love language still look like after all of these years? And so to me, that is the most important thing that I would suggest to men in relationships or even partners in relationships. Your love language will consistently change. So one thing I try to do with my wife is every year we take the love language test. And I'll share with you how much it changed. Because I, I have a, I'm that I'm that type of guy where I try to keep uh you know, keep tabs of what what it looked like in year one versus what it looked like in year three and I'm just organized like that because I'm really trying my best to honor her in her love language. So this is how much it changed. What? Here we go. In, in, and we'll just do the last five years of our relationship. Five years ago, my wife's number one love language was quality time. The second was touch. The third was acts of service. Fourth was words. Fifth word was gifts. So quiet time, touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, gifts. We just took this uh, maybe two months ago, and it has totally changed. The number one now is words of affirmation. So words flip from number four to number one. Mm-hmm. Touch is still holding strong at number two, physical touch, back rubs, uh, washing her hair, um, you know, any of the, the touch type of thing. Number three is now gifts. Gifts was number five. Mm-hmm. Number four, acts of service. Before that was number three. And then number five, quiet time. So quiet time had the biggest shift. It went from number five, I mean, from number one to number five. So now if I am, as husband, still rocking those old uh, love language categories. I'm giving her all of my quality time, and she's not feeling love because that's now number five. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that was that was the biggest difference that shifted our relationship. Now, of course, as husbands, as partners, you still honor all five love languages, even though that number five is number five. You still provide that. You just don't provide that often. So mm-hmm. for her, quality time. She doesn't need quality time seven days a week. One day a week is going to be enough for quality time for my wife. But words of affirmation is her number one, so I need to make sure that I'm affirming her and what she does, not just as a mother, not just because she's beautiful, but the intelligence, the wisdom, the skills, who she is as a teacher, how she's collaborating with others, how she's inspiring tomorrow's generation. I'm making sure I'm trying to cake her every day. (laughs) Because that is the type of love language she needs now. And it's probably going to change in two years. And I'm going to be okay with that because we're going to roll with the punches. So what about you all? Has has it changed for you all as well as far as shifts in love language? That's that great? Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... I I know that for me as a wife specifically it has and I think that a lot for me has changed because of the time frame that I've been married the length of time and when I got married um I didn't know what I wanted 
I thought I knew who I was and what I wanted as a woman, even separate from being a wife and then a mother. Um, <clears throat> all of that has completely flipped in a, cer- in, in a certain aspect as I've aged. Um, a lot of that, I think, has happened due to being married and the way that life has gone and, the you know, the punches that you roll with. But then another part of that is just me discovering who I am personally and being more empowered as I've gotten older to take that back for myself um, and, and, and don't really apologize for it, not being in a rude sense, but... Um, taking the time to make me time and finding out what me wants. You know what I'm saying? And I think that when women go through that, not just myself, but women in general, we are all in about everything that we do, Um, whether it's relationship, if it's education, if it's parenting, whatever it is, when we decide it's time for a shift, everything must shift. And that means that everything around us has to kind of get with it (laughs) or you will get Mm -hmm. caught up when everything finishes shifting and we've leveled out. And I think that's something that frustrates our partners when we wake up in the morning and we've understood what our shift is, but we don't always communicate that shift to our husbands or to our partners. Um, And I think that's kind of where this frustration happens with men in general. And they're like, I don't even know who she is anymore. That's where my, my own personal husband's (laughs) frustration came in because I woke up one day and realized that this has got to change, but he immediately took it as he had to change or I had to change something within us. And that was because I did not communicate what changes needed to happen. And yes, there were some that needed to happen within our marriage, but a lot of that was rooted in what I felt I needed to do and address within myself. And I didn't communicate that. I communicated all those things to myself and my inside. <laughs> but those things, sometimes we don't feel our partners in because we assume they're so in tune with us. Like, you didn't see this coming? This has been a long time coming. I've been, this, I've been for the last six months talking about this. Or I've been our brains off. We're always assessing and recalibrating and understanding the wrongs and being critical about what we've done and those types of things. That's like our day to day. So when we <laughs> neglect to catch you all up as the men in our lives and then you all look confused and we're like, what? How did you not? You know, and it's one of those things sometimes I think we have to check back in and say, did I really cover that like I thought I did? Did I say that or did I have that conversation in my head? Because we absolutely do that absolutely have whole conversations with our spouses and never verbalize anything. So, yes, it does change, but I think how we go about that change is huge in making sure that our partners are happy about it with us. Mm-hmm. How often do you think you need to have that conversation? This is to any of us. How often do you yeah. think you need to have that conversation of change, of just checking in to say, you know, how's things going? Where are you, you know, emotionally? or Where are you as far as your plans, your goals, your dreams? The way I am, I'd say yearly, but I, my spouse is not going to have, that ain't going to work on the way. We're going to be rehashing our whole life story every year. That ain't going to work. It's but, yeah, like it's necessary, as I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kels, Kels, what do you think? I mean, what, what would you, how, how often even, I mean, would you, would that be beneficial for you? How often to check the love language? Yeah. Uh, 
because I, I don't think mine has changed, but I haven't, you know, I haven't taken the, the any of the quizzes or tests in so long. So I don't know. I was, I was just, you know, in the words of Andre himself, I was chewing on that because I was like, yeah. that's interesting, even though mine has changed, because I think I've only taken it once. So, yeah, I, I I like the idea of taking it every year. That sounds like a very good plan. Because mm. y'all know I'm always talking about I'm having an epiphany just in life, period. So I'm sure it probably has. <laughs> it probably yeah. has. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, like, the annual, you know, I'm I'm real big on the the annual what went well this year, what didn't go well, what, do, you know, Action step, action planning. I'm like Dre, which is probably why we're friends. But <laughs> I'm very into give me direct things that were good, give me things that were bad, so I know how to adjust. And I probably need that. I mean, I, I would say annually for a relationship that's been a while, but for a new one, I'd probably say every six months it's good to have it. Yeah. Before. But for a, you know, because I'm one of them, like in the company, this year, this is our our corporate goal. <laughs> and that's the same thing how I look at relationships. Like this year, our goal is X. Like, you know, give me a mantra. Let's, let's you know, yeah. and then let's do that. So, but mine hasn't changed either, by the way. Mine has been the same for years. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but, but I'll say this. I also know it's because a lot of what I do in my everyday life, my love language replaces that. So I speak a lot of aff- affirming to other people all day, every day. So mm. to be affirmed <laughs> is something that I know that I need it back. Mm-hmm. As a refill thing for you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And one thing I'm finding out even more is even though we hear the word love language and the very first thought is we associate it with our partner, our spouse, our mate, I'm finding out that it's actually anybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me give you a perfect example. Today I'm teaching some educators, uh, and it's about 36 in the room. And, I mean, we're having fun and we're rocking, you know, I'm energy and and all that good stuff. I see this one person, and this person is really struggling with the content and just chewing on it. It's heavy. It's hard. It's difficult. It's a shift, and this person is chewing on it. So I go over and I, you know, I, I watch enough of the body language to determine, you know, what's going on. And this person comes over, uh, and I'm talking to this person. The person says, you know, I'm, I just feel overwhelmed right now in this. And I said, well, give me a little bit about your stuff person shares a little bit and I quickly pick up this person just needs some affirmation so I said well listen to what you just shared with me this is what you said imagine this is all of the things your students are now doing because of you and I'm just saying what she just told me and she's starting to smile she's starting to get excited I mean it's just she has the light bulb moment come on that aha moment and at the end of the conversation I was like she just needed to be affirmed because she was on the right track. She was already doing a lot of the great stuff. She just needed somebody to say, I'm doing well. 
I'm not married to her. I wasn't caking her. I wasn't flirting with her. I was just giving her some affirmation. And so I think of that as the same within the workplace, you know, with some of the people we work with, and sometimes they have attitudes or some of the people, or even our children. Um, just whatever their love language is, uh, minus the physical touch, because that's crossing the line. That's <laughs> crossing the line. But um, affirming them, giving them those words of encouragement, that affirmation for those who um, who enjoy quality time, just sitting down with them and saying, how was your day today? What is there something that you've been working on? What can I do to help you? I mean, small things like that uh, make a big difference, and it's going to shift over time as well. Yeah. My that's physical really touch. Good. Go ahead. That's a really good point that you made there as far as love languages transitioning across even to, like, professional lines. And I think that would even be a way to help other men to understand love languages and how they can shift. I know that for some men, their career is everything. They will wine and dine and finesse and romance a client for a new position. I mean, they at the golf course. They have drinks afterwards. They send in wine. They send in cheese baskets. They do all kinds of random things. They're showing up to stuff that they're not involved in, but they're the headliner. So boom, I'm there because I want this business. I want this relationship. Like they're groomed and go to classes and have mentors to teach them <laughs> to teach them how to do this, attract clientele and to keep that clientele. Okay, there are, there, I've seen men who have agendas that every six months, there's an email that goes out to this client to check in. Hey, mm-hmm. how you doing? Just saying, is there anything mm-hmm. else I can do? You know, they, they take that time to cultivate that relationship for a monetary bonus, for, you know, saying that they have this business, whatever the case may be. But when you switch those words and say love language and attach them to a relationship, all of a sudden it sounds like, what? Ah, yeah. you know, you go it's the same thing it's the same thing and it gives you even better rewards a lot of the times because it's mutual it's not something that at the end of the year at a review if this person thinks you didn't do it well enough it's snatched you actually have a partner that's gone and went and said i'm gonna do life with you there is no mm-hmm. i'm done you know, of course, there's the divorce thing, and there will always be that one person that says, you know, but like, ideally, that's not the end game, okay? So, you know, so if you put in that same attention and entertain and entertain the, the, the opportunity that you get from pouring into that, I think that can help a lot of men understand why they should and love languages can change and why they're so important. Um, that was a really good segue. In my and believe it or not, believe it or not, they um, the people who wrote love languages, I think they identified that too, because I'm starting to hear more in the workplace called the appreciation of language, or the languages of appreciation. So it's still the it's still the same love language, but taking yeah. that word love out it and just adding yeah. appreciation instead. So there's still five of them. It's still were at the service and physical touch. Same thing. They just switched it up. They yeah. finessed the name, yeah. the language of appreciation. And so it's the same way. Over years, our languages of appreciation changes. When I first started, I enjoyed uh, team meetings, loved them. 
because I got to hear everybody's opinion and I got to analyze and and think deep. I loved it. But after about year seven, <laughs> I could care less for a staff meeting. Put in the email. Let's keep rocking. Let's go. Yep. Yeah. Let me ask this question. I know we got to move. Let me ask this question, Dre. So, as one of the things that I think that we got to address is, so as a husband, when you see your spouse going through those changes, a lot of it feels, um, a it feels uncomfortable and foreign, but a lot of it uh, requires a level of humility, selflessness that some people might not be used to. How should husbands address that or deal with that? And I know we got to go, Kills. I know. I know. <laughs> so how do we deal with the shift? With the shift, with, I, with the feeling of, pri- of, of losing control, of not doing what she wants, of the, the, even the pride that it, the, excuse me, the humility that it takes to have to say, what do you need from me? And understand that right now, like you said, it's not about you. It might be more about children and stuff like that. How do you manipulate that that space? Yeah. So I, I read a long time ago that if you are ever married or in a very deep, committed relationship, it should never be about you. If both parties really have that in mind, that it's not about you, it's about that person you're loving, then that's the sacrifice, that's the compromise that comes to play. If I see that my wife is going through a shift, going through some changes, and she's and, and I see her processing it, or I may see her grieving from a loss of a loved one, or I may see that she lost a job, she's upset, or postpartum depression, whatever those situations are of that shift, as as husband, as man, as partner, it is not about you. You shouldn't be selfish in those situations. You stop. You think. And then I, I'm just now at that point where I can say, how can I best serve you? And I ask my wife that every night. What can I do to serve you? And I think if both parties do that, your relationship is going to stay pretty strong. Imagine waking up in the morning feeling like Prince Akeem every day. <laughs> and imagine if both parties feel like that every day. Yeah. That's a strong relationship. Not a perfect, but a strong. I agree. Yeah. All right, we can finish it. We'll finish this. Okay. I, I got I got more, but I'm gonna we're gonna stop there. All right, we'll finish this. We'll have to finish this another time because I I got mm-hmm. I had a follow up, but I'm gonna let that one go. Kels, you got anything real quick before we before we go? Because I don't want no problems. Oh no. <laughs> Conversation. Just checking me on the time, y'all. I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll catch y'all back on the single topic. <laughs> <laughs> Q, you have anything last? Go ahead, Q. Last words. Uh, Dre, last words. Oh, no. Word. You know, I could drone on all the way through until next week. So I'm good and always ready for this combo. So ready for part two. <laughs> all right. Conversation. <laughs> All right, y'all. Don't forget. Uh, make sure one of the reasons why um, why we love Dre is, of course, you know, obviously this conversation. But he is going to be one of our speakers at the Level Up Conference this year. So if you want to hear more, definitely, um, definitely, you want to register for that. And then, Dre, where can people, if they want to book you for educational 
experiences, give them a little information about where they can book if if um if schools, educational facilities want to book you, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. I am on all social media under my name, Andre A N D R E Dowdy D A U G H T Y dot org. So Facebook at Andre Dowdy, Twitter at Andre Dowdy, LinkedIn at Andre Dowdy, Instagram at Andre Dowdy. So I'm all there, or you can go to the website, andredowdy.org. And uh, we're making the world a better place, one education, and one I mean, one educator or one school at a time. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Right. Appreciate you. Appreciate you all having me. Definitely, man. Always. Get some rest. Get some yeah. rest. Yeah. <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, I'm, cute. I'm doing your part. Go ahead. Hey, you are. It's okay. <laughs> That segment was brought to you by Elegance by Design, where healthy hair and skin is our priority, but a beautiful you is always our specialty. You can get your hair and skincare products, your all-natural hair and skincare products at elegancebydesign with a Z.com. Um, <clears throat> up next, we will have Mother Maybelline discussing parenting one-on-one, depositing into your legacy, but first, We've got our last song of the evening, which is All Belongs to You by Elishama Tekoa. You practice that. (laughs) In the morning, when I rise, and the sunlight shines in the sky. Oh, how beautiful, wonderful, marvelous is the earth and everything inside of it. Lord, all creation is yours. Every man, woman, boy, and girl. All the fowls of the air, all the houses in the land. All belong to you.
Come on, come on, come on and get some of this this uh this work. <laughs> Call me about anything except for your homework. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh Lord Jesus It's good to be on here with y'all tonight I'm excited Look to all the listeners Y'all know what it is It's two hour Tuesday Mother Maybelline is not on her live feed But you know you can always follow me Normally on first and third Tuesdays I'm on my live feed on Latasha Featherstone Mother got a malfunction And I don't care You ain't gonna make no meme out of me With my hair not looking right I missed my appointment today Okay <laughs> But don't worry about me <laughs> <laughs> now listen, we gonna talk about this parenting tonight, and it was really, really, really on my heart about this parenting. I'm gonna tell you what actually really motivated it. Without getting off into it, we'll talk about it another time. But I was thinking a lot about the situation that everyone was talking about um, with the allegations and truth of R. Kelly, and a lot of things that were coming out during that time is a lot of people begin to ask questions about the parents. Where were the parents? What were the parents doing? And so I've really been pondering over several weeks about the importance of our parenting. I think that there are times that we forget that is one of the most important jobs that we have. Our businesses are not the most important. I don't I don't want to minimize marriage, but marriage is extremely important. But there's some guidance that happens in parenting that doesn't happen in relationships. And it's very, very important that we take it seriously. Because you remember back in the day, honey, Whitney had that song, I Believe the Children Are Our Future. But the problem with that mentality sometimes is that we're waiting to do something for them in the future, and our babies really need us right now. If you don't plant good seeds right now, there is no future. We don't get to sing that verse. You understand what I'm saying? So tonight I'm just petitioning the parents to put aside your pride and think about what you are putting into your child. Because as parents, we can always improve. Now, I don't care how good you are as a parent. We can always improve. So we're going to go through four things on how you can deposit into your legacy. And we know what a deposit is already. A deposit is increase. Just like if I go to the bank and I put some money in the bank. I'm not mm-hmm. – if I go to make a deposit and I and I got a zero balance and I put $100 in, I doggone for sure better see a little bit more in there once I put it in. I'm expecting to see that amount go up. And that's what we want to see in our children. If I am truly depositing in my child, now, I'm not telling you that I'm giving you four magical things because I don't want nobody trying to inbox or call me, and then I got to make you feel funny. Don't hit me up and say, well, Mother Maybelline, I did all four of them things, and little Johnny is still giving me problems. Well, baby, that's another thing you got to do collectively. You're going to dig deeper, but this is on the surface, okay? This ain't nothing that Dr. Oz said or Dr. Phil or nobody. This is good old Mother Maybelline, and you can add what you think is important to the list, okay? Now, the, the first thing that I want to talk about to our to my parents, and, and this is going to really, really, really hurt some old school mentality, maybe even some baby boomers or whoever, but the first thing you've got to really do to deposit, put into your legacy, that means your children that are here and the future children that will come down for generation, you've got to be a living example. Now, that's kind of scary, ain't it? You mean you want me to do what I tell my child? Yes. That's what I want you to do. I want you to do away with the thinking, do as I say and not as I do. How many of us have experienced that? Twiddle your fingers in the air, your mind, your eyebrow maybe went up. But maybe one time or another in your life, you heard somebody say, well, Mama, you did do what I say and not what I do. Now, if you ain't heard nobody directly say it to you, you've heard about somebody having it said before. And that's the mentality that we come up with a lot of times. Big Mom and them will tell us to do the exact thing that we would see them do sometimes, but they tell us that because they were grown, it was different for them to do it. 
Now, let me clarify. I don't mean things that are, like, illegal, okay? If you have a margarita because you're over the age of 21 and your child is 12, that don't mean, well, let me, if I'm drinking a margarita, I got to give her one, two, and be a living example. Put your thinking cap on because somebody's going to do something crazy right now, and DHS going to be at your door. Don't do nothing crazy. When I say be a living example, I don't mean they have to do everything that you're doing. I'm saying the fundamental values and things that you are teaching your children, you have to be doing them as well. If I really want to make an impact, the best way to do training is hands-on. Q, I know you with me because I want you to do some training for customer service. Now, I bet uh, if I come to your training class and you give me practice on doing a greeting and tell me the company name and, hey, my name is Latasha and I'm calling from so-and-so, I'm pretty sure you're going to demonstrate that to me first in case I might have some confusion about how yep. that's done. Now, if you don't demonstrate it to me and you don't have the kind of light that you have, let's say you're a sourpuss kind of person, how are you going to teach me how to smile if you don't know how to? Mm-hmm. See, that's the same thing in parenting. How can we tell our children how we want them to live and we live in any kind of way ourselves? You want your children to watch their language and watch what they do, and yet they follow you on social media and they see your behavior and that it's inappropriate. They're adopting your habits. Mm-hmm. You want to know why the school keep calling you because why you got an attitude with your teacher. Remember at Walmart last week when you tried to return that little bathing suit and you got upset because you've been holding it for a year and needed the extra money to pay that bill? Mm-hmm. No good dog on well. You bought that thing 18 months ago. But you got mad mm-hmm. at the girl at that register because she didn't hurry to get you the refund where your baby was standing right there with you when you cut the house. You know, or that brother on the basketball court, maybe you went to the gym, fellas, to get a little pickup game and brought your baby with you in the pews. Well, he watching you fight on that basketball court over a silly old game. Mm-hmm. Just as well as you can say, oh, my baby is so gifted and they're not afraid to get out in front of the world and use their gifts. They're probably watching you. They're going to mimic you. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell them one thing and your body be doing another thing. You can't tell me how to get to your house and give me directions and tell me to go right and you actually going left. I'm going to get confused. Which way do I go to get to your house, ma'am? <laughs> so if I feel that way as an old lady, how do you think the little children feeling? Mm-hmm. When they have their little meetings in the clubhouse, my mom a crazy child. I got 17 years, 23 minutes, and, and four months before I can move out. And counting out the days because it's hypocritical. So we got to be a living example. Let me move because we're getting quick. Number two. Tell them that you are proud of them. Give them positive affirmation. Tell them you're proud. You know, oftentimes we do so much fussing about what kids don't do that we don't congratulate them for the things they do do. That sounds a little inappropriate. I don't mean do-do, but y'all know what I mean. The things that they do and accomplish. (laughs) We don't want to stink up the place. It's okay to tell them they are proud, that you're proud of them. And it doesn't have to be big things. Compliment them on the little things. I know you feel like when you put your baby report card on Facebook and tell everybody how good you did, you're celebrating them. But how many times do you do that and forget to actually really celebrate the baby? You celebrate with your friends on Facebook. That's different. Mm-hmm. Than me being in your face and saying, I'm impressed with you. I'm proud to be your parent. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look at you and not only proud of them and their good things, but letting them know I'm proud of you just the way you are. Now, if you're a non-believer, cool, but if you're a believer, that's how God loves us. Why wouldn't we let them know that we love them blemishes and all? Mm-hmm. A lot of times our youth are out here seeking things because they're, they have a lack of emotion and affection at home, and they're out there in these streets looking for it. If you tell them you're proud, they don't have to look. Yeah. All right, we got one minute. Let me move on. The third thing that you can do to deposit into your legacy, 
okay, utilize truth and transparency. Utilize truth and transparency. Again, old school mentality. We don't tell our kids old school what we used to do growing up. We ain't going to tell you if we used to do illegal things or if we used to go out and party or do whatever. A lot of times we feel like if we tell our children the things that we did and any of our dirt, we're going to give them permission to do it. I want to challenge that thought. What I have learned in my parenting experience is that when I was transparent with my children about the mistakes that I made, it allowed me to protect them from making the potentially same. Because remember, if we're a living example, if I'm a social butterfly, my baby probably going to be a social butterfly. Ain't no point in me hiding about the house parties or the whatever. What I do is teach them how to do it and be safe. So often we feel like let's not talk about it at all, especially with our girls. Now, with our boys, we'll talk about the dating and the court, and our girls, don't worry about it. You can't date till you're 30. No, don't do that. Talk to her about it. Yeah. Teach her how to know the difference between Tyrone and Lil Johnny, who she should choose, and, and how to, you know, keep the dime between the legs and all that good stuff, okay? Transparency mm-hmm. and truth. And that truth ain't going to be something they always want to hear, but you don't have to use it in a way to tear them down. So even when they're headed in the wrong direction, you've got to be real with your children in a loving way. But you can use your situations to help them grow and to learn. And the last thing that we've got to do to deposit into our legacy, and this one is going to really surprise you. Parents, you've got to be able to admit when you're wrong. If you want to build a relationship, I'm talking from my old school experience of parenting. If you want to build a relationship with your children, see, you won't see it when they're little bitty. But if you didn't put the deposit in when they get to teenager and young adult, You'll know if you've admitted your faults with your children based on the dynamic of your relationship. You know when you tell somebody something they think you're full of it based on their body demeanor, don't you? When they're like, yeah, you're full of it. You're telling me that, but you're full of it. So you got to be able to say, you know what, baby, the other day when you came in there and I snapped at you, I was wrong. Just because I'm your mama don't mean I get to holler at you and talk to you any kind of way. What I should have done is calm down. And then you tell them what you do next time, even though mama was wrong, wait till I calm down and then come talk to me about it another time. Readdress it then. Stop acting like everything just because you're older, elders, means that they don't know as much as you do. They just know different things. And we can combine those things, the old school and the new school knowledge, and we can really make some things pop and happen. I'm going to go ahead and recap and wrap on up because it's two minutes over my time. Be a living example to your children. Experience is the best teacher. Tell them that you are proud. Little things and big things, good and bad, because positive affirmation will help them to grow. Utilize truth and transparency. Stop hiding your old skeletons in the closet. Show them to them so they can prevent it. And be honest with your children and admit when you're wrong. That's the hardest thing for anybody to do. Admit when you are wrong. Just like I'm wrong for going over my time, but I love y'all. And I'll see you the next time I'm on the show, okay? <laughs> all right, now. That's all I got, y'all. <laughs> Good word, honey. Good word. <laughs> all right, y'all. Y'all know I love you. And always, as always, thank you for having me. Y'all be blessed now. All right, you too. All right. That was a good right. word right there. Yeah, yeah. That was a text, anyway. Uh, six minutes. <laughs> Six minutes. Go ahead, Kels. Close. Shut it down for us. Oh, what a great show, Bubba! Did pretty, pretty good work. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Did. that's a good fit. Yes, she like, did. Very, very fun show. Thanks to to Andre for coming through with his 
specialty, showing us how to love. He, he's very good at that. Uh, love our discussions as always. Y'all know y'all need to have a good week. Be productive. Be safe if you have to be out there and you're in the OKC area. We don't know what's exactly going on, but I know so. <laughs> and last but not least, it is official. Y'all save the date for May 19th. That is the that will be the Curvy Kitten Fashion Show. So yeah. y'all been asking for it. We'll be in that thing Sunday, yeah. May nineteenth. <laughs> so okay, I so I know how this rolls with me next. Um, <laughs> awesome <laughs> shows. I had a lot of fun. Every topic hit all of my happy places. So your girl is in a real, real good spot. Um. I want to, if you have not already, I'm long blinking and shaking my finger at you because you are on the late train, but that is okay because there are still standing room only available tickets for the Back to My Roots fashion show that is happening this Sunday at IC Event Center. Your girl is in the runway, um, and we are supporting our fam, uh, Lakita, who is the owner and creator of Back to My Roots. We love her here at the Scoop. And she is getting ready to show out this Sunday. So go to Back to My Roots Clothing, no, btmrclothing.com and get your tickets. If you don't want to do that, you can still get tickets at the door. They'll just be $5 more. Why would you do that? Get your ticket now. Um, and come out and hang with us on this Sunday. And yes, save that date. May is going down. We're taking over for the summer. Every kittens are coming. <laughs> so it's going to be fun. Um, y'all have a really, really awesome week, and we will see you next Tuesday. Yes. Oh, all right. Uh, <clears throat> goodness gracious. Uh, a couple things, of course. Uh, tomorrow, Word on Wednesday continues at 7 o'clock with Pastor Burns. He's continuing in his series on uh, the crisis in Corinth. If you have not um, gone to, uh, if you're an Apple user, if you are blessed to be a part of Team Apple, um, then I urge, I beseech you, therefore, brethren and sister, and to go to, to go to iTunes and subscribe to the Global Drive Network uh, station on there. That way, every scoop show, every word on Wednesday, will be automatically downloaded, and you will be have those at your fingertips. So do that today. All right. Also, if you're in Oklahoma City and you have not gotten your masquerade ball ticket. I'm going to need you to handle that for yes. Um, we are going to have a phenomenal time. Uh, me, Kels, Q, and DJ D. Chappelle are hosting. Um, so it's going to be a great time. Y'all come out and get your tickets. Um, if you were there yeah. last year, you know we danced the entire night. Yes, the panda did dance. And we'll be, I will be doing it again this year. So it's a night. It's grown fun. Uh, I'm talking like whether you are a, a, a pastor or whether you are a business person, whether you married, whether you single, everybody put on your good clothes, come out and have fun with us at the masquerade ball. Um, again, go to our Eventbrite page and get your tickets today. I'll post a link as well on my page, as well as on the global drive page. It's already on there. Y'all get your tickets. Level up conference yeah. again, we said earlier, August 9th, 10th and 11th, get your tickets. Your uh, Q's teaching, Kel's teaching, I'm t- I'm teaching. Like we've got 
the best teacher. So again, we're talking faith, family, finance. We've got uh, speakers coming from all across the country that are going to help you get your business together, get your relationship together, get your family together, get your nonprofit together. We are going to get it all together. So definitely uh, go to the website. Don't go right now. I forgot the website is under <laughs> construction. Sorry, I forgot. I had to make some more changes to the website. Check it out tomorrow. Uh, so <laughs> go to the website tomorrow and register. It's again www.levelupchicago.com. If you are an, an artist, indie artist, and you would like to have your music played on our show, then definitely email it to us at globaldriveradio at gmail.com. We are looking for all genres. Oh, and last but definitely not least, for the Level Up Conference, we're looking for vendors. So if you are a sponsor and you are looking uh, to grow your business, um, then we want to partner with you um, with this conference. So you can go again to the Level Up Conference, uh, levelupchicago.com, to our conference website, get a vendor packet, check out what you can get for sponsorship. Uh, sponsorship packages range uh, for small businesses all the way up to large uh, corporations, so we have sizes for everybody. Check it out, and if you have questions, see myself um, or Facebook or email us through. You can on the website there is a contact button. You can hit that, ask your questions, and we will. One of the two of us will respond. Um, so. Yeah, other than that, good show, Kels Q, appreciate you. As always, Dre, you the man. Um, as always, Mother Maybelline, I love you dearly. Good job tonight. Uh, tonight was just an all-around phenomenal show. I think if, for me, if we walk away with nothing else, it is um, that, listen, whatever you choose to do, you've got to be committed to it. If you choose to take somebody as your wife or as your husband, be committed. If you choose to be Malcolm or Martin in the business situation, then you've got to understand that that comes with the consequences and you've got to be willing to stand on your consequences. But also, know that whatever you choose, all things will work together for your good because there's a purpose, there's a plan, there's a destiny for your life and nothing can stop it but you. So, do what you got to If you wanna do love, then tell me what to do love. If you can't just get it, what you just said it, and I'm still standing here. First you say you're with me, and then you try to get me. So I try to keep it low, when you cut me to the floor, cause I don't wanna cry no tears. Would you believe this love is forever gone? And would you
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.